Hi, I'm Angela Ward and welcome to my podcast, A Beautiful Thing. This is a behind-the-scenes episode on the previous dramatic recording. So if you haven't listened to the storytelling episode, then I would encourage you to catch up with the previous week before listening to our interview today. And so now I want to introduce you to my guest for this week. Vicky Earle currently serves as a curate in the Church of England based in York. Before her unexpected call into the Church of England, she planted and led a pioneer church in Surrey for many years. Vicky enjoys hanging out with friends and family, drinking tea and visiting beautiful places. So welcome, Vicky, to a Beautiful Thing podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here. I've known you since you. university and um, yeah. just you've, you've grown in, in your, your different gifts. So I'd love just for you to, to share a little bit about yourself and how this dramatic reading of the Canaanite woman spoke to you and your understanding of the scripture. Sure. Um, well, I'm Vicky, I live in York and I'm currently uh, a curate. I'm ordained in the Church of England, so I'm just coming to the end of my curacy. Um, loving living in York and enjoying uh, being ordained in the Church of England. Yeah. And this uh, story on the Canaanite woman, how would you say it spoke to you? I think it spoke to me on... Um, lots of lots of different ways I mean I think kind of listening to the dramatic reading it's really good just to take some time to think about what it was like for uh, that woman and imagine like you know her backstory which I think really brought it to life um you know thinking about what was life like for her daughter and her as a mother questioning herself, blaming herself? And I guess I, before I heard that dramatic reading, I'd never really thought about the idea that she was desperate and had explored her gods and been praying to them and not, not getting an, an answer. And, you know, that kind of desperation leading her to explore something else and that whole idea of the of her grandmother having heard some of the um Israel the Jewish yeah. scriptures and this idea of knowing about Jesus and this Messiah and him being nearby and all that I thought that really like made me think about it in a way that I hadn't really thought about it before and the, the idea as well that the grandmother had read about this Messiah bringing peace and um yeah, so that kind of really uh, brought it to life. And and I think that then when I was kind of thinking about it personally, um, reading the scripture, I was thinking about it in lots of different levels. I was thinking about it from Jesus' perspective and I was thinking about it from her perspective and how that speaks into my own life, my own situation. I think, you know, if I just read that scripture in isolation outside of any other scripture, it just seems so... Jesus is really harsh mm. um, in it. But I think knowing who Jesus is from the rest of scripture causes me to engage with it in a slightly different way. And so, you know, I'm just imagining from my own experiences of uh, being in ministry, of uh, the constant um demands that there are from people <laughs> and the kind of need to get away um, from 
people sometimes have a rest. And so I'm just imagining Jesus in that situation with people constantly demanding from him and, um, you know, Jesus being clear on his sense of calling what his task is that he needs to do and also clear on his boundaries, how he needed to have a rest and kind of like Jesus's humanity in that so that kind of like speaks to me in my situation I can say more about that in a moment if you want me to but there's kind of that but then also this woman's desperation and hope that if Jesus is who she's heard he is and I'm sure lots of stories that he's the only one not outside of like her traditions and what she's heard before but he's the only one who might actually have the answers to her situation and to her need and so that was kind of my initial thoughts and I've got more more on it but those were the initial things that really stood out to me for both that Jesus mm-hmm. and and the woman in that situation. I think it's quite interesting actually what you said and I haven't really thought about it till now that you've just worded it so well really that actually we can't really take a piece of scripture out of context by itself because when we do we're in danger of, of perhaps interpreting it in a in a way that probably isn't the meaning, but actually we have to look at it in the context of what is Jesus saying throughout scripture and what do we know of him and his character? Um, Because you're right, just looking at it by itself, it's quite off-putting until we actually delve into the deeper meaning of the story and what Jesus was was teaching in in the story as well. Just talking, thinking about her persistence, faith. Um, in asking for her needs to Jesus, which ultimately leads to her healing. How does that speak to you? Yeah, I think I think it's really inspiring to be reminded that, you know, it's like her faith got the attention of Jesus and to be reminded, you know, there's other scriptures that, you know, talks about faith pleasing God and to then think what that means for me. And um, I think sometimes, you know, people, those of us who've been on this journey following Jesus for some time, we all know that um, sometimes our prayers don't get answered in the way that we want them to, or we have things that we're still praying for that we we haven't seen the answers to. And that can bring pain into us. You know, we can even get, I, I found within myself at times of getting into something where, although I've prayed and seen God answer prayers and do amazing things but then I can start to think oh I only see answers to prayer for things that are for other people or something bigger outside of myself not for um myself personally and even recently I I had I was thinking about this just being honest with myself and with God and I've been reading this book um where it kind of it's like encouraging people in a certain way of praying specifically for things that they have dreams about or those things they need to see shifting and um has this idea of circles so it's kind of coming from you know walking around the walls of Jericho kind of thing and so I was reading it and I was thinking oh yeah all very very well saying all of this um is God really interested in some of these prayers for myself so I just in a very flippant way I was just about to go to sleep I, I just said to God, um, oh, it seemed it's not a very important prayer in a way, but um, I'm still paying off my student loan from more than 20 years ago when we went to university together. And I said to God, oh, I just love you to just 
clear my student loan. I have prayed it before. It's not, it's not a massive problem in my life, but it's just one of those things. And this does not happen to me all the time. But the next day, someone asked if I needed, uh, basically offered to pay my student loan off. Mm. They didn't know anything about this prayer mm. or anything at all about my desire for it to be paid off. Mm. And I just felt like, obviously it was amazing that that happened. I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. But I felt like God was showing me that he cares about the personal things in my life and not just about like things that I'm praying for, for other people or um you know things outside of myself and it kind of has encouraged me you know then reading this again reflecting on that of her persistence in faith that God does respond to it even though we have lots of questions you know terrible things that happen where God we think oh why did that happen it, it's a mystery but there is still something about God responding to our faith and caring about our deep needs and have you encountered that yourself uh more in in ministry I know that you know you're actively ministering in the Church of England but from a charismatic church um yeah. and I know there's a lot of listeners that come from the charismatic tradition in the Catholic Church so where we're you know we're moving in the power of the Holy Spirit what have you encountered you know God moving in very powerful ways yes yes Yes, definitely, definitely. Angela, actually, you took me to my first uh, Catholic charismatic meeting <laughs> about 20 years ago. I didn't realise before then that there were uh, charismatic Catholics, which is brilliant. Um, yeah. But yes, yes, I do. And I, I absolutely do believe, I guess as charismatics, we believe in that uh, God is here now and present and wanting to move. And that he's not like far away, like, um, and so we totally believe that every every week um, at the end of our services, we we pray for miracles, really. And mm. um, we always have prayer ministry, pay for people to get healed. We pray into situations. And I've seen, I've got so many stories of things that God has done that um, a God responding to uh, our desire or God speaking into people's lives things that they couldn't have possibly known but it just unlocks the situation for people as you just release that prophetic and so yeah it's really amazing I mean I can share a story if you want to yeah please because I'm just thinking there's gonna there will be I know a few listeners that won't be from charismatic backgrounds and won't that will have faith but may not you know, perhaps not not used to that type of language or experiencing God in that way, and perhaps thinking that maybe only miracles happen in the, in the time of Jesus, but actually they happen now, and it would be great to hear hear the story. Actually, yeah, I think that it's um, obviously we don't need to make something happen; it's God's that makes something happen. But there is something about God responding to our prayers. So it's like when you hear of a need, instead of kind of just being like oh I'll pray for you and we're kind of praying that God will just help them get through it but actually if the person wants us to praying for that person to get healed or praying for that job to come um you know praying for that financial needs whatever it is and having an expectation that God cares and he'll come through so recently a few weeks ago I've got um 
a refugee family living with me at the moment and uh, one of them needed a job and she really wanted a job in Tony and Guy and it, nothing had come up. I know the owner of some Tony and Guys. So we prayed together for a job. And I'm telling you all the good things. This doesn't always happen to me like this. But again, <laughs> the next day, the owner of uh, these franchise of Tony and Guys texted me and said, I've got a particular job going. Um, it might be helpful for people that you know who don't uh, speak English, who like might be helpful for some Ukrainian refugees. Do you know anyone? So I actually, I actually said to her, she kind of has some kind of a faith, but I don't know that she'd call herself a Christian. I actually said to her, wow, this is an answer to prayer. Yes, I do know someone. And, and she now has that job. So I, I think it's like, obviously, we don't always see quick answers to prayer in the way that we want to. But there is something about us being faithful and praying and when so often even people who aren't christians when they're telling me about things i say to them would you like me to pray for you now and they're often like uh yeah usually yeah. more times than not they say yes and then i'll ask them what would you like me to pray for so you know i'm not forcing myself upon mm -hmm. other people i'm asking them but then I am praying and trusting that God cares and he does come through. And the more we pray for things, the more likely we're to see some of these things happen. I've known you over 20 years and when we haven't always been in contact, but when from knowing you from being the head of the Christian union at university, to now you're actively in ministry, you've always really been in ministry. What is it that you think that, really drives your faith because you do have a very you know powerful faith and, and deep faith and also you're not afraid to be very active in saying can I pray for you and being very courageous in in your faith what do you think is behind that because we, we're all called to that actually we're all called yeah. to be disciples and to be apostles yeah I think that I grew up in a Christian home and my parents were like would particularly my dad would like tell us stories of you know people of the faith from the past who'd seen God do different things so I kind of grew up in that kind of environment where um following Jesus was there was a possible for an adventure um and and a kind of expectation that God wants to do stuff so I would like read books like Jackie Pullinger's book um who in Hong Kong or uh, the Cross and the Switchblade, these are books that I remember from my childhood. The Cross and the Switchblade is about uh, a pastor who went to New York and saw God do stuff among gangs in New York. So I was like drawn to that. And that was probably very formative in my childhood to give me some kind of expectation that God can can do things. And, and I think a lot of it is about expectation. Obviously, being part of Christian community with other people who believe similar things you know spending time praying reading the bible and um, nurturing my relationship with god is the biggest sustainer of all but i guess it's been in that environment of expectation and then stepping out and then you have your own stories that are feeding your faith and building it so of course there are difficult times and times when you know i've been in times when i've been burnt out and i haven't been in that place but um, I've got like a history with God 
um, sharing stories in that. And so like the church that I'm in at the moment, which is the same to the church that I used to lead before I was part of the Church of England, we really developed a culture of sharing stories of what God is doing, because it's really easy to forget what God is doing with all the challenges of life. But that stories sharing feeds it and then encourages us to be like, the next time we're in a situation, let's be a little bit bold and step out. Um, But I, I also think doing the work and growing in my identity as a child of God so that I'm less concerned about what other people think. Of course I am concerned to a certain extent, I'm a human being, but there's a part of me that's less concerned about that than maybe I was before that also helps me to just be like, would you want me to pray for you? And if they say no, well, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just a few thoughts there. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I mentioned to you at the beginning, that you are the first person that I've invited onto the podcast um, who isn't Catholic, actually. And, and it's a great blessing to be able to share and talk to other Christians of other denominations. And yeah. would you like to just speak into that, the importance of working mm. together as Christians and, and perhaps how you've seen that on your journey through denominational church to the established Church of England and being on a Catholic yeah. podcast? Yes, well, I feel very privileged to be the first one <laughs> who's not a Catholic. Um, I think... I think um, my first experiences of that were when we were at university, because I think, you know, I'd grown up going to the same church all my life, just knowing one expression of Christianity. And I guess when we went to university, you've got Christians from all different backgrounds coming together. And there were tensions at times, but it was like we were learning how to honour and respect each other and see the value in people from different backgrounds and I think it's just such a sad thing and it happens all the time you know Christians themselves are the worst critics of each other I feel like in our western culture where we're not having to deal with persecution the biggest criticism comes from within the church to each other rather Mm. than outside of it and I and it's just not what Jesus had in mind we know that we've got his prayer I think it's John 17 about praying for unity so I think even within the joining the Church of England, because it has lots of traditions within it, you've got Anglo-Catholics, you've got Charismatics, you've got all different kinds. That has taught me a lot about trying to learn to appreciate what different traditions bring and that I might think I've got it all right and have it all sorted, but other traditions that I might have been dismissive of have got something that I need to learn from. Mm. So that's been really helpful in my journey. But also, in a way, it's easier just to do things by ourselves. But, you know, blessing comes when we do things together. And so when I was leading a church in Surrey, we did do things together sometimes with some of the other churches in the village uh, that were very different to us, but we found some common ground uh, to be able to do some mission together. And there was a real blessing in that because we can't do it by ourselves Mm. and so I think it's really important it's really important to try not to be judgmental or just to think that we we have the right way to try and listen and learn and receive each other as a gift um so I think it's really hard work but I think we we have to we have to work at it and go for it and um it's really beautiful in certain parts of the country here in the UK where 
churches really are working really well together church leaders are praying together for each other regularly and doing what they can together that is much more powerful than just lots of churches doing their own separate thing which is easier but less powerful yeah and you know jesus prays that we are one really yeah and i'm just thinking myself as a catholic i've learned so much from other christians of other denominations and actually my faith i've been blessed and by knowing other christians and seeing their witness really so yeah it's important and it just bringing it back really to the canaanite woman where actually people at the time shunned this woman who was different and jesus reaches out and says no you know i'm here for everybody is there anything else that you would like to share on the scripture yeah i mean i think one of the things that um stood out to me when i was looking at it ahead of today was because i guess when we just read it straight we always, we don't always get what um the gospel writers trying to convey and why that story's there and the kind of genre of it and stuff and i think like one of the things that um the gospel writers trying to get across to us is about us looking at ourselves and our own prejudices against people like in this particular case you know it could be sexism and racism where we then put barriers up to other people receiving Jesus which I think is part of what is going on in why uh, the gospel writer chose to bring this story into both Matthew and Mark and I think it's a constant challenge to us because as human beings we just naturally want to be with people who are the same as us we understand them and people who are different to us we can either intentionally or unintentionally put barriers in and so I think it's really important for us as followers of Jesus to think about that think about how we are towards different people think about what our churches are like especially in the UK when we're very multicultural now and uh, how are we helping to welcome people who are different to ourselves and making it easy for them to access Jesus yeah great so thank you very much Vicky uh you've really shared so so much so I just wanted to thank you for being a guest on a beautiful thing podcast today and just sharing a little bit about yourself thank you so much it's been great to be here and so now I want to give you some behind the scenes on the writing of the script The main thing that I wanted to do in writing this encounter with the Canaanite woman was to voice it in a fresh way so that you as listeners would really hear the needs of this woman, which was the healing of her daughter. This is what drives her encounter with Jesus. I also wanted to bring alive a difficult text and offer commentary so that we can hear and understand the story in a clear and new way. She accepts that she is not part of the chosen people and acknowledges the difficult history that Israel has had with the Canaanites, but it does not stop her asking and being persistent in asking Jesus for her needs because she believes that he is the Messiah. Her story is one of great faith and determination in petitioning for what she wants. I know Sometimes from reading scripture alone, it is difficult to see the relationship. And so, in terms of this text, we can come to a troublesome conclusion that Jesus doesn't seem to be very loving towards her. However, 
I have hoped in my storytelling to flesh out the scene where we hear more about their relationship and her needs and so this encounter doesn't seem such an obscure text. Storytelling helps to show the real woman and what motivates her and in turn Jesus' response. I really believe that she has much to teach us today. And so listeners, I hope this week that you will feel inspired having listened to the interview with Vicky, that you too will be expectant in your faith and persistent to keep on asking Jesus for your needs and for the needs of others. Thank you for listening. I would love you to do all the usual things, share the episode with a friend, subscribe and review on your usual podcast platform so that more people can know about it. Follow me on Instagram at a beautiful thing and on Facebook at a beautiful thing podcast. Please pray for my work and I would be delighted if you are able to make any donations on Patreon. The links for all of these things are in the show notes. I'm looking forward to you joining me next week where you will hear another dramatic episode of A Woman in the Gospel. Until then, may the Lord bless you and lead you more towards the beautiful thing that God wants to do in your life.